Welcome to this episode of Laughing Without Liquor, a woman's guide to living it up without the booze. Join your long-term recovery hosts, Lane Kennedy and Tamar Medford, as they have insightful conversations with others on an alcohol-free journey. We're glad you're here. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, I hope you're enjoying that spray every episode. Uh, I'm glad you're with us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this journey. Uh, you know, I get to hang out with my friend Tamar Medford. And I get to hang out with my friend Lane Kennedy. And we get to hang out with you at least once a week. And we just have so much gratitude for that. And, you know, recently we're, you know, mixing things up and doing things differently. And, We've been having this guest series and it's been really awesome because we're talking to different humans doing really great things. And, uh, every person tomorrow that we have brought on has been a rock star. Oh, so much fun. I mean, I, I love the, I feel like we get our own education every time we bring a guest onto the show because it just gives me more to add to my toolbox. Yes. So I hope that, uh, you enjoy today's uh, guest Megan Miller, she is a professional speaker, host of the Attention to Intention podcast. She's a self-proclaimed intentional living expert, which I really want to get into. And she's she's a type A. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to put it out there, right? I raise my hand as well. Uh, she's all about putting micro steps into your life. So here we are, Megan. Welcome to the show. Guys, I got to tell you, I gotta, I feel like I need a little spray. <laughs> you had me at the spray. What a little great, what a great way to sort of just have a humasa moment before having a mass down human first conversation. So you got me thinking about what kind of spray that I am going to use. It's great to yeah. be here with you guys. And um, I was telling Tamara earlier, I absolutely love this community that you're building because I think we all fight our own addictions in our own forms and have never mm-hmm. been taught to talk about them. And mm-hmm. I love the logo with the hug. Like I think now more than ever, man, when shit is getting tough, tough, and you feel like you're in a bubble by yourself, it's really important that we have these conversations and people know, listen, whatever you're going through, you're not going through it alone. So mm-hmm. thank you for having me here. I, I just, I love the work you're doing. So glad you're here, Megan. I knew that you were my people uh, when we were able to jump on the phone immediately. Like there was no holding back, right? And we just connected on the phone that day. And you answered the phone, which was great. A lot of people don't answer the phone these days. So thank you for that. Uh, I want to jump right into this mindset around intentional living. Mm. Because as a fellow, you know, type A personality who's, I have a lot on my plate, you know, how did you get here? How did you, let's go back in time for just a second and share with our uh, listeners today, you know, how did this become uh, a big deal for you? Oh, girl, it has been a journey. And I have to tell you, I do not think that there's any way to get around it. I think life has to rip you open for you Mm -hmm. to really find your purpose and your path. And we've all had to be there. Life had to bring us to our knees. So for me, 
my life bringing me to my knees moment, <clears throat> excuse me, was I had a 15-year corporate career in hospitality. My addiction of a choice was addicting, uh, I was addicted to achieving, to getting the validation from you that I was worthy and I was good. And I think we hear these with these buzzwords, chameleon mode, people pleasing, but we never stop and pause to think about how we're doing it in our own lives. So 15 years climbing up the corporate ladder saying, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy mm. when, you know, the, the, the stories we tell ourselves that we never really stop and pause and unpack. So mine was, I'll be happy when I get to the corner office. So I finally get this corner office job, right? That's going to fix everything. Hashtag surface level thinking. I get the corner office job and then life, universe, divine, God, whatever you want to use has a sick sense of humor, man. Because the moment that I got that corner office job running sales, for a billion dollar hospitality organization, I had a mental breakdown on the busiest highway in Philadelphia. Talk about the irony in that. My whole life was spent being busy so I wouldn't have to feel, and that's where I have my breakdown. And I realize, Lane and Tamara, as I'm sitting in the car, it's so me, funny, well, now it's funny. Shit's never funny in the moment when you're going through it and you think to yourself, how am I gonna make it through? But somehow you find the humor through it on the other end. And I think you have to or else you'll just break down and cry. So so looking back on it, man, I can get back in that car like it was yesterday. That was seven years ago. And as I'm sitting there and I can I can still feel that car shaking, Mack trucks whizzing by, sobbing, thinking to myself, how did my life get here? How did my life get here? And I all think we have those moments to a certain degree. I thought, you know, I have the I have the, the everything looks great on social. I have the job title. Things look great on outward appearances, but what you do not see behind the mask is I'm popping Lexapro because I don't want to feel. I'm binge drinking because I do not want to feel. I am cut off from my closest friends and family because I can't tolerate how great your life is while I'm barely hanging on. $20,000 in debt because I think the latest thing will fulfill me. I'm in loveless relationship after loveless relationship, so desperate for someone to love me. Didn't know how to love myself. And in that car, I started to unpack these things. It's so interesting how like you never stop and unpack your own story and what what happened in childhood that you spend your whole life running from. So for me, it was the fact I was raised by a single mother who was superhuman. Anyone that's a mama or whether you're with a partner or not, you're superhuman. I was a C student. I was this chubby kid with 600 SAT scores and I never felt worthy or good enough until the job made me feel worthy and good. And that's where my addiction started. So in that car at that moment, I began to get to know the person that I never took time to get to know, which is me. And I don't think any of us are taught that you're culturalized to be the good daughter, good student, good employee, good wife, good mother, whatever it is, and that becomes your life. And the person that you never take time to get to know is you. So for the past seven years, I've been doing these small little, little, micro steps and I found that they changed the conversation in my brain which has changed how I read the emails how I did the thing how I show up in life and now I am out there preaching this journey that it took me seven years and I'm still going on so other high-performing go-getters can get to know themselves man because it changes the game I love how you said life has to rip you open to find your purpose because mm. 
I, I do believe that. I mean, you know, there are different ways to seek your purpose. and But I felt like I had to, you know, hit my bottom, which is the point where I stopped digging, right? I, I, I'm like, okay, I'm done with this digging. But we hide those parts of ourselves, right? All, all the, you know, because of stigma and other reasons. But I mean, for a long time, I tried to have that outer appearance that everything was okay. But inside, like you said in your story you're, you're torn apart, right? You're, you're totally falling apart. So, you know, I always, I have this gift to be able to help people see what they can't see Mm. in themselves. And I believe that our purpose can help us create that intentional living. So why do you think it's that we, we kind of, we hide those, those parts of ourselves, right? The ugly parts of ourselves that could actually cause us to discover our purpose and completely change our life. Yeah. As you're talking about purpose, tomorrow, and I'm going to get to your question, it just made me flash to a conversation I had the other day that I felt like a church service moment. So we talk in our big consumerism world, we talk these big broad stroke statements and you're like, what the hell does that even mean? You know, like burn, I'm burnout, self-care, intentionality, which will unpack purpose. And we think that purpose is something you can just buy on Amazon. Right. Like, I want to find my purpose. Let me Google it. Let me ask my friends and family. And I heard this the other day and I thought, yes, you do not find purpose. Purpose finds you in the way that purpose finds you. 100%. Right? 100%. Yes. Yes. Keep going. So it went on to talk about the way that purpose finds you. And this is so relevant in my own life. I've seen it is you two things. One. You get out of your out of yourself and you do these small random acts of kindness. Small random acts of kindness. Reaching out to someone and saying, hey, that post really spoke to me. Leaving a love note for your partner by the coffee machine. Sending a message to that colleague saying, hey, you killed that presentation yesterday. Holding the door open for someone. Letting someone go in front of you in traffic. You, these small little things, it's amazing what it does for you, my friend, the ripple impact is huge. And then it said the second way, the second prong of finding your pu- purpose after kindness is that you have a spiritual connection that feels right to you. Feels right to you. Not what your family's bullhorned in your ear. Not what you've been brought up to believe is true, but that feels right to you because when you have the faith and when you have the trust, man, it pushes you through the fear. That's it right there. Right? I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I, I just, thank you for sharing that. Cause it is all about that little mustard seed that grows within, uh, your own seed of faith, your own seed of whatever, you know, that power. Uh, I want to go back to the Lexapro, mm. the binge drinking, mm-hmm. the debt, the loveless relationship, uh, because so many women, and this is current day where so many women are in that place right? It's like one in two people are living with depression these days. You know, it's one in, I think it's one in three women are on an SSRI. Uh, you know, like we have an epidemic of, uh, loneliness mm-hmm. right now. And so what was it for you? You know, you're in that car, right? And did you have an out-of-body experience? Because I've had that moment several times where I'm actually watching myself have the moment. Mm. So were you like, were you just sitting in your car in traffic going, what is going on? 
Like, what was the thing that prompted you to say, this shit needs to change? Yeah. Oh, God, I love how you talk about that because I so often refer to it as watching a movie and being Mm. like, this this can't be the story of my life. And I've heard Sarah Blakely (gasps) say the same thing. Like, this can't be the founder of Spanx. God bless her. Beautiful gift she's given us with Spanx. Um, Like, this can't be the story of my life. And I think we all have these scary as all hell whispers that say there has Mm. to be more. There has to be more. And we don't know how to lean into it. So for me... You know, uh, Elaine, I can look at it now. And yes, that big build up was the breakdown in the car. And I think Mm -hmm. that we get these little messages every day, which are the gut whispers. And when you don't listen to it, life, universe, divine is like, all right, well, then I'm going to have to force you to take you to your knees for you to to, for you to really hear me. And now, Elaine, I can look back and I can see that it was a slow build. And I think with any addiction, it's a slow build. These small little decisions that you make every day Mm -hmm. that you're not even aware of. So for me, for instance, you know, when the uncomfortable feelings would come up because I was a runner at a young age. Listen, I think our parents did the best they could. I like to say 98% of parents aren't saying to themselves, I want to jack my kid up. (laughs) Everybody's right. You're just doing the best you can with the toolkit that you had. So I was raised by this amazing single mother. At the age of 23, she had two young kids doing it by herself. Bless her. Mm. I always say I'm the woman I am today because of she showed me what strength and a strong woman really is. Um, But we did not talk about the hard things. So I became a runner at a young age. And I think when you are not gifted that toolkit, the, the language, the courage to talk about these uncomfortable feelings, you look for a safe harbor. You look for something to run to. You know, mine was work. It could be food. It could be booze. It could be the overspending. You know, I started with work and then it became an addiction, sort of a spiral of all. So I say all that, Lane, to say, yes, there was that breaking point. But looking back, there were small little signs every day. And I think that we spend so much of our time running from the uncomfortableness into the thing that gives us the certainty and the significance in the moment, even though we know it's not serving us. And did you find what you were running from? I think my whole, yeah. Have you guys seen Stutz, S-T-U-T-Z on Netflix? No, no. Oh. Okay, I'm writing it down. It, it, tomorrow. It's have gonna, you seen it? It's going to take you to church. And I, it's gonna, you might have to hit the pause a few times because you'll be like, oh, this shit is <laughs> on real. my list now. It's, it's on, on my list. My list it's now. the um, documentary with Jonah Hill and his therapist. Okay, yes, I actually just pulled that up and I was going to watch it, and then I got distracted. So it's on my list. Yes. Oh, do, do everyone. So this is what you were running from. Everyone <laughs> watch Tuts. So in this documentary, Stutz, as T U T Z on Netflix, he talks about your shadow self and this this version of yourself that never felt worthy or good. And you spend your whole life running from that person. And that was me. I look back at this young girl. I mean, she still shows up. And I'm 39. And she still Mm -hmm. shows up. This young girl that was abandoned by her father. This young girl that was chubby and never felt like she had anything to give or contribute or that she was smart. I was a C student. I... 
you know, I wasn't the hot one. Like I was the funny fat girl. And I think you, you, you get yourself in a lane and I think you can spend your whole life running from that if you don't deal with it. And Mm -hmm. I had started to deal with it. My therapy listen. I think therapy can be whatever works for you. I do not like going to therapy because I am stubborn and I don't like talking about shit when I'm not ready to deal with it. So my therapy became pen to paper. And I think so many people think you need to be a writer. You need to love to write and read. No, it's who you become and who you learn to become, like who you learn, which is yourself. So lean in tomorrow. I ask myself these four questions every morning over the last seven years. I still do. I ask them every day. And I have gotten to know myself, the person I spent my whole life running from. And I think it gives you the courage to lean into those whispers that we talked about earlier that you went from. Do you mind if I run through the questions? Let's do it. Let's, yeah, let's give them to our ladies. So question number one, how am I feeling today and why? Mm -hmm. Don't bullshit yourself. Don't lie. Uh, There would be so many times I would think to myself, I can't write that. It's me to me. Like if you can't be honest with yourself, man, who can you be honest with? How am I feeling today and why? Question number two, what is one act of service, one act of kindness I can do for someone else? Mm, That's a good one. Oh, I'll tell you what, my friend, it gives you that dopamine hit that you that you're getting off the pills or you're getting off the email or you're getting off the other thing in naturally. It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. gift. And I'll tell you, Lane, when I send the text message to a girlfriend to just say, hey, I'm thinking of you and I'm sending you a big hug today or I listened to this podcast episode. It was food for my soul. May it also give you the same nourishment. Ninety eight percent of the time. I get a text message back that says, you have no idea how bad I needed to hear that. I am barely hanging on. (laughs) Question number three. um, What is one thing I can do today that'll make me happy? One thing. Mm, That's good. Easy, right? Easy. Easy. And question number four. What are three things I'm grateful for? And I, I get a specific as possible because when you change your mindset from expectation to appreciation everything else begins to change but lean to your point on the simplicity of these things yes they are simple but i found that there is difficulty in the execution especially in our busy world to your point it's so true right we're yeah it's so true juggling so on, on human amount robotic I've said I've said we've gone robots like uh, mm-hmm. there's always a phone in hand. No one wants to talk on the phone. It's uh, it's it's behind the screen. If you're like me, your life. You, I got like three screens in front of me right now. It's it's a it, we've lost that that human connection. And we're so busy that it's easy to say these things. But it's another thing to do it. And I found mm-hmm. that when you when you ask yourself these four questions and when you keep the promise to yourself is not about the time. It's about the action, the conversations in here, the gremlin that lives up here in our brain begins to silence. And there's another voice that begins to emerge, which is that you got your own back. So these would be um, the beginning of your micro, micro steps. It's my exactly, exactly spot on. I, I, So I talk about these micro steps 
because we have tendency to believe that it has to be these big leaps. Not happy in the job, quitting. Uh, I feel fat in my pants, which I actually, my pants are kind of tight right now, so I get, I get it. I feel it. So you think to yourself, you know what? I'm just going to fast. I'm going to fast. I'm not going to eat. You think to yourself, you know what? Uh, the relationship sucks. I'm leaving it. Well, guess what? You're bringing you to the next thing, my friend. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have the same situation over and over until you deal with the hard stuff. And a great way to begin to deal with you, the common denominator and everything, are these small little micro steps. These four questions. Get curious about what makes you happy. You keep the promise to yourself. And it's amazing how you show up in the rest of your day. Well, and here's the thing. I mean... And Lane and I love to nerd out about science as well. That's another area that we focus on is that our brain actually works better when we do tiny incremental changes. And I mean, I'm, I used to be notorious for, you know, anytime there's a new type of diet out, I'm like, okay, yeah, I got 20 pounds to lose. I'm on that, right? Sign me up. But it was because I wanted that quick fix. I did not want to do the little things every single day that eventually would bring me that reward that was worth so much more than all those little tiny quick fix, you know, and the instant gratification. And, you know, why do we do that? Mm. To your point on the science, uh, I read this the other day and it just stuck with me. If you get up in the morning, you crack open an eyelid and you're like, 96% of us that roll over, you grab the phone and you start scrolling your social feeds. You start looking at the email or you watch the news. You do that for three minutes and you will have a 70% higher chance of having a bad day. Three minutes, three yeah. minutes. So I say instead of those three minutes of grabbing the phone, scrolling it, get a charger, put your phone in the bathroom, one, and take those take those three minutes and ask yourself those four questions. To your point, Tamar, it'll rewire what you're looking for in your brain, the reticular activation system, right? Mm -hmm. You guys have to Google it if you haven't. I think it is the most, the brain is the, and the body is the most fluffy, fascinating thing that uh, you basically, in the most layman's terms, have a bouncer that lives up in your brain and you tell it what to let in. So when you get up in the morning and you're pissed off because the kids aren't ready or you're looking at the email, the person didn't do the thing or your partner didn't do the thing and you're pissed off, you will find more things to support that versus if you get up and you take a few moments to ask yourself those four questions and get to know you before you let the rest of the world in. It's amazing how you'll read the emails and engage with the kids differently, just like when you're shopping for the car and then you see the car everywhere. That's the bouncer. And to your point, tomorrow on why we do that, I think we think we're way more sophisticated than what we are, right? <laughs> like, listen, we love ourselves a habit. We love ourselves a routine. I read something the other day that the average person has between 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts in a day. 80 60. 60,000. 80% of them are hardwired to be negative, and over 90% are on repeat. So Correct. back to what, what Lane, you had kicked off about this intentionality. I believe that that's the core of intentionality. You can rewire the conversations in your brain at any time, at any age. We've proven that. But, but it takes pause. It takes intentionality. It takes curiosity. It takes action. 
right? And so quickly in our life, something somewhere along the lines, we just get in the passenger seat and we let circumstance take the wheel. We just get, we're along for the ride. And I think when I think of intentionality, to me, it means pulling that car over of your life, getting out with courage and curiosity and vulnerability and action and getting back into the driver's seat. I, you know, because I practice mindfulness, I teach mindfulness, right? There's mindfulness and intentionality are very uh, similar. There's a parallel, right? They're right next to each other. And one of the things that I share with my students is this, the curiosity, Mm -hmm. right? Like, let's get curious. Let's get curious in the morning when you wake up instead of looking at your phone. And so, you know, to your question about like, how am I feeling and why, that's a really hard thing to answer. A, people don't want to answer it because we are set to this negative bias, right? We just want to, the brain is saving energy. It wants to stay in that habit loop. It wants to stay right there, conserve, conserve, because it needs to ultimately keep you alive. So when we're faced with this question of how am I feeling and why, that kind of can just go on a piece of paper and I'm going to stick that in the book over there and I'm not going to look at it. I know that's a good idea, but for our listener today, she's, you know, she's really like, Megan, you, you have an answer here. You have a solution. Lane and Tamara always bring me awesomeness. What, like, how am I going to answer that question every day? You have done it for seven years. How have you done it for seven years? Because I think, actually, no, I know I had to do it for my future self. I had to do it for my future self. (laughs) I was hoping we'd get there. Yeah. And listen, here's the thing. You can't jack this up. We have, Mm. we think that we need to be so poetic and it needs to be perfect. And that's where the paralysis comes in. I don't care if you write one damn word, word down. It's the action. It's the action. And that's something really important right there. I'm just, so that one word. So for new moms or moms, one word is enough mm-hmm. every day. They actually have a whole journal, the one word once a day, which can be really profoundly uh, exciting. And you don't have to overthink it. Like you could wake up and just say, I'm miserable, miserable. Oh, I'm happy, happy. Oh, I'm sick, sick. Right. So then after a month, two months, you can just look back and go, oh, wow. Like, maybe I'm miserable. Maybe I need to take a look at that and start making some change, right? Because your body becomes addicted to the same thing Mm -hmm. that you do every single day because you're living in the emotion, which is a chemical that's flushing through your body, right? So this is where I'm going to get into my DNA for a second, right? So we really are hardwired to feel something every single day because of our blueprint. And if you haven't checked out your blueprint, I want to invite you to consider that, it's just an opportunity to get to know yourself and not get stuck in that, oh, I don't want to do that. Because that's a really, that's a hard place to live in. I know that Tamar's been in it. Tamar. Yes. <laughs> yes, I just got my DNA done. And it was shocking, right? Because finally I got some answers mm. to, you know, the the banging your head against the wall going, why won't this change? Because I... I live a very intentional life. Mm-hmm. And even when things are hard every day, like I know why I'm waking up. Right. And 
yeah, the, the just seeing that on a piece of paper and talking to Lane about that, I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense, right? But again, we are we're raised to run for those quick fixes. We want mm-hmm. results mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. We don't mm-hmm. want to wait. Mm-hmm. But those are the ones that don't last. Yeah, yeah. I think there's something really great about um, you know this. How am I feeling and why? Starting it off every day, it's it maybe it's like a a little challenge, right? We can give our listeners a little thirty day challenge, and just report back, mm-hmm. and they can tag Megan or send Megan a message that just says, "Hey, I'm doing it. I'm doing it." <laughs> I I love that. And Lane, Mm -hmm. I would love to ask you, as you're talking about the journal with the one word, um, Mm -hmm. what's your feedback or, or what's your take or maybe your own personal journey on, I feel like we struggle with vocabulary, like with, with how we're feeling. A hundred percent. How do you? A hundred percent. Yeah. There is, it's good, bad, sad, tired, right? Like that's... (laughs) Right. Again, because we're just overwhelmed because of this little device that we're addicted to and that we're scrolling through. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're having this stimulus through our eyes. Right. Which is not um, a different. It's a different experience to read and write words as opposed to looking at something. So that vocabulary is kind of it's slipping away. The more that we're attached to this little gadget Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, which is so sad. But I think words are really empowering. So uh, that could be a part of the challenge too. Is like you can't have the same emotion, or you can't answer how I feel and why the same way throughout the week. You have to think of something else. Oh, I love that. Right, I love that. And here's the really cool thing that I can tell you: seven years into it, because listen, as Tamara said earlier, man, this is a slow build. This is just fix overnight. <laughs> Man, I wish it did. And I'm still learning. I'm still Mm -hmm. learning. I can tell you, I don't know any human that has it all figured out, even the best spiritual leader. So I say that to say no one has all the answers. Um, but, But the one thing I was going to say is, as I've done this, as I've asked myself this question over the last seven years, one, I found other emotions have started mm-hmm. to emerge in vocabulary that I didn't even realize that I had. Like it just started started to come out, which is a beautiful thing. And two, I have found that I've had the courage to be a hell of a lot more honest. When people mm-hmm. ask me how I am, instead of doing the facade, I'm good, move on when you know you're barely hanging on. I've had enough courage to be like, you know what? Actually, no, I'm not doing good. I, you know, And it's, it's amazing when you are vulnerable with, the, with yourself enough first, and that comes to that question, how it impacts you showing up in your relationships mm-hmm. with others. It's, it's, it's an, uh, the ripple impact is so huge. And you think, how can it be from asking myself that simple question? I challenge you to Lane's point, try it for 30 days mm-hmm. and see the ripple impact that it has. Tamar, I think we need to do a little blast about this to our listeners and get Megan involved and have a party about it or something. Cause this is, I think it'll really help her, you know, like 30 days, new yeah. words. Well, and if we look at all the other things that we're doing mm. that I, I'm just going to say it, it's wasting time. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Because there, there's so many things like there was times where I'd be like, ah, you know, I just don't have any time. And this was before I became an entrepreneur 
But then how did I find two hours to binge watch something on Netflix? <laughs> mm-hmm. How did I, you know, decide that, you know, I want some ice cream. So I'm actually going to get in my car, drive to the store oh that's 15 minutes away, drive back. But I can't journal for three minutes in the morning. Like it's, it's about priorities. Right. And I think I tell people if it's important to you, you will make the time for it. Mm. Right. It's like, I don't have the time. Okay. Well, I guess you really don't want to, you know, get healthy. I guess you don't really want that dream career. I I think this tomorrow kind of goes in with self-preservation, right? This can, this is, you know, what we believe is invaluable right now is self-preservation. It's not about self-care anymore, Megan. It's about self-preservation. So what's your, uh, ident- like, how do you identify self-preservation? What would, how would you define it for yourself? I'll unpack what you mean by self-preservation. I'd, I'd love to hear that more in your words. So over the past couple of months, you know, we've just discovered that everybody talks about self-care. Mm-hmm. It's like, forget it. Like self-care, I just want to throw up. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Like, forget it. I can't even write tomorrow. Like, <laughs> we've done a couple of episodes on this self-care. And it was hard to do. Yeah, really hard. So we wanted to find new terminology around mm-hmm. it. And so because I do the DNA work that I do and because I'm thinking about longevity constantly and how to empower ourselves and, and how to last longer uh, because I plan on living until I'm 103. So I have to think about what are the uh, methods or how can I inform the decisions that I'm making today for my future self, mm. right? You kind of said it before. So self-preservation for me is, you know, I put blueberries in my oatmeal today. It's, that is the simplest form of self-preservation that I can share with you today is that because I know the phytochemicals in the blueberries are nurturing the cells of my body. Tamara, you give her an example of your self-preservation today. Well, one of the things I've incorporated into my diet is fish, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And taking caffeine out. So I've switched to decaf coffee, which was not that easy. <laughs> right. But I want to live a long time. I mean, I'm, you know, 47 now. And the my 40s have been the most amazing part of my life so far. I just can't wait to see what happens mm-hmm. in my 50s. And I never thought that would be possible, right? Because you always hear people, you look at people sometimes and they're miserable, and I don't want to be that old person. Like I still, mm-hmm. I mean, when Lane's 103 and, you know, I'll be in my 90s and we're still doing the podcast here and yes. somebody says self-care and she's like, ah, you know, like mm-hmm. I want to be that person. And so for me, it was adding some fish into my diet, which I eat very regularly now and taking away the caffeine. And mm-hmm. I'm wide awake right now. Mm-hmm. I love, God, I love that because... To your point, when we hear these certain words, it can be like nails against a chalkboard. And you're like, here we go uh, exactly. again. Right? And you're like, to your point, you just want to throw up. I feel that way with burnout. Like, I feel we are so beyond uh-huh. burnt out. Like, we are like those rotisserie chickens in 7-Eleven that have been there since 7 a.m. Just so like, bad. Just whirling <laughs> around. Like, we, it's beyond oh. burnout at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that you're putting new language around that because I think vocabulary and language is such a gift. So for me, when I think about my self-preservation, um, yeah, oh, I, I will answer your question. So last night I was reading um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's book on, mm-hmm. um, oh my God, what, what's the name Which one? of it? All about like um, breaking the habit of being yourself or something. Some. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about 
you know, the power of our, of our subconscious minds and it's 95% of, of, our, of our brain. But we never tap into it because we are constantly thinking and thinking and yeah. thinking. And the best time to untap that subconscious mind, which is really the, the, the great sauce of, of what you want and who you want to be lives there. It's in the morning and it's at nighttime. So for me, I have always felt over the past several years as, I, as I've gotten to know myself more and more, the morning time for me is my sacred time. I put the phone down. My phone charges in the bathroom. I use it as an alarm. But as soon as that alarm goes off, man, that's where it stays. I go out. I, I get my, I, you know, I feed our fur babies. Um, and then I, I take my vitamins. I'm really big into natural supplements and vitamins so I can feel good. Tamar, to your point, without needing all the jack gump of caffeine and all the other crap, but naturally feel good in my body. I've seen such a difference in the energy. And then I, I move into some moments um, by the, it's either the dining room table or maybe it's outside. And I have a few moments with myself and my pen and my paper. I ask myself those four questions. And then I have my spiritual moment with God in a way that feels right to me. And I will tell you, if I do not do that, I am tore up all day long and I cannot like I'm 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 on edge everyone's annoying me I get so it has been so powerful for me my self-preservation or those few moments for myself in the morning with myself first and then with God before I let the rest of the world in I love that yeah I love that I mean I don't I don't actually watch the news anymore I just hear it through other people. Um, I'm not, I don't spend a lot of time on social media, basically only to reply to our listeners um, because I don't want to put that stuff in my head. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, I've had people say, well, you, that's naive. Like you should watch the news. I'm like, no, because I, I can't stand what's going on in this world. Like I'm going to work on actually trying to make it a better place by, you know, us sharing our stories and being more vulnerable and, being honest about what we're going through and to try and remove this stigma and this shame that so many women live with. Mm. Mm. I love that. You know, so I, tomorrow I'm the same way. I don't watch the news. Someone say, oh, you probably heard on the news. I'm like, no, I didn't. And then to your point, when someone says, oh, you want to put your head in the sand? Listen, if something's happening and we're going down, someone's going to tell me. So I'd much rather live in, 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 in my Happy place to your point. What you feed your mind matters. And I don't think we talk about that enough. Like what you feed your mind matters because it impacts what you look for. And I think that's so powerful. Well, it becomes your belief, Mm. right? And your belief becomes who you are. And then you're in the habit of just being that, right? It doesn't take long to become an asshole. Mm. If you have one bad day... (laughs) Then you have another bad day. And then after three days, you're just in a bad mood. And that be- then you're like just in that, right? Again, the body craves that chemical inside. It's, it- oh, don't get me started. Lane, that needs to be on a bumper sticker. It doesn't take long to be an asshole. <laughs> That's a mic drop moment. That's a tweetable moment here on the right now there. what society. Oh my God, Megan. Okay, what makes you laugh these days? Oh, what makes me laugh? You know, the other night, my husband and I were laying in bed. 
uh, phones away and it was him and I talking and we were just like reminiscing on these moments we've had in our lives. And I was laughing so hard before bed. And I remember turning to him and saying, oh my God, I forgot how good it is to have a good laugh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So nice. Oh my God, it is. Is he funny? Is he funny? He has his funny moments. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) We... I will say okay. this. It, as, that was funny. As, <laughs> as, you're ta- as you're talking about <clears throat> what makes me laugh, it makes me think like, man, this healing journey, it's full and mm. hard and it's, it can be very serious a mm-hmm. lot. And it's okay to laugh and have fun. I actually had a post-it note on my, on my computer over here that said, don't forget to have fun. Like when, yeah. when we have to start, have to take into it so much seriously, especially through this journey where it can feel like a lot and it can feel overwhelming and I feel like you're juggling, it can be very serious and um, it's okay to have fun. I had to write myself a reminder on that. How are you having fun these days? How am I having fun? I am like a, where I am in my journey right now is I am trying very hard to be present and be in the moment as we're making memories as it happens. Like I feel so often you don't enjoy something until it becomes a memory because you're so busy thinking about the future or the past, like you just don't enjoy it. So for me, how I'm finding fun these days is these just these simple things that make me so happy. For instance, yesterday I found that I was behind the screen a lot and I was getting agitated and annoyed and not myself. And so I sat outside for 10 minutes with no phone, with the sun on my face, hearing the birds. And I have to tell you, while it sounds hokey, it was the most beautiful experience. I came back way different. At night, after dinner, my husband and I, instead of slouching on the couch to just sit there, watch TV, and endlessly absorb, we'll sit outside to enjoy nature or we go for a walk. I just think those, those small little things that each of us have access to, these little glimmers that we just lose sight of in the busyness of it all. I'm trying to enjoy that more and be in the present and lean into it. So do you do like ceramics or play kickball on the weekends or? No, I'm not. See, listen, I'm not very artsy. I wish I was. I, uh, I have many friends that can paint and draw. For me, it's really just about being in nature. So nature. whether that's hiking. hiking camping. Ca- <laughs> you camp- a camper? I, I absolutely will <laughs> camp. Now She's listen, the RV might need to be, I might need some accoutrements. Like I'm not pitching a tent. Yeah. I might need uh, some luxuries. Oh my God. Okay. So there was this, there's this, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Uh, it's called base camp and they are the, the, the silver, uh, what are those called? Um, the camping, uh, what are they called? Hello. What are they called? The camping campers, campers, Mo- like they're not mobile homes. I can't think airstreams. Of they're oh, airstreams. airstreams. Thank you. God. That was like, they're airstreams. So you go to this place called base camp. You're going to love this, Megan. This should be an ad for base camp right now. And you have all these airstreams. You have a beautiful pool. You're set in a, you know, m- you could be in Palm Springs. You could be uh, in the Redwoods. You could be at, like they're in these magical places. You're camping, but you are in an airstream. You have uh, luxury linen sheets. <sighs> you have uh, all of the cooking utensils, all the microwave, the refrigerator. Everything is there. You can camp 
make a fire. They, everything they have, check it out. Base camp. Oh my, I wrote that down because I absolutely will. If you have kids base camp, it's really great. You can have a tent. You could put the kids in the tent and you and your loved one could be in the airstream. (laughs) And then they, you can let the kids go play on the yard and it's just magic. It's not, see, I'm not a camper. You know, like, I don't like to get on the ground. Tomorrow she can. <laughs> no. No, I would rather do the base camp thing because yeah. my partner has arranged for us to go camp, like oh God, tent no. camping oh. in July. And I, oh. yeah. I'm going to try it because I, I do believe in compromising and doing things that your partner likes once in a while. So we're going to give it a try. Camping. Base camp, definitely. That's my style. Tomorrow, if you're two days into it and you're like, I can't do this, I tried it, holler out to base camp to come save the day. I'm going to. I'm going to. Oh, my God. That's why I bought a Jeep this year, so I could pull a trailer if needed. There you go. There you go. So smart. I really believe, and you guys probably have stats around this, but I really believe that nature is such a Mm. healing gift that as we are busy hustling behind the screens and whether you're a, a working mama or a mama or not a mama, whatever's on your plate, as we're just, all, each of us are busy hustling, I think I think we can just lose sight of how healing it can be and it's at our fingertips. She's healing and she's powerful. Mm-hmm. And she's going to do what she wants to do. And I think the humans forget that. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't want to go dark here. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, Megan, thank you so much for hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I have loved being here with you guys. I, these, these, these conversations are so, so powerful, so needed. I love the fact that you're real, you're vulnerable, you're authentic, you're badasses. I'm so happy we have linked arms and it's mm-hmm. really been a joy to be here today thank you thank you thank you for welcoming me into your tribe of course so great and people are going to find you over at megan-miller.com or they're going to listen to your podcast attention to intention right ding ding and if they want to download those four questions if you're like me a little old school i love a little printout um so you can just go to megan-miller.com you'll see the microscope journal there you can download it you can also find our, our social feeds on that site. I have a TEDx talk coming out. And depending on when you look at that, it may be on the site at that point. Awesome. Um, the book, the community. So just go to the site. And if anything feels right, please join and, um, and, and, and link arms with us because you're not doing it alone. That's right. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much. Tamar, it's always good to have you, my friend. I love you. I love you too. It's so much fun. Thanks, Megan, for being here. I love, I love Megan. She's awesome. That was such great energy. I mean, I I want all of our guests to be like that. Right. And her just, it's like, just say it how it is. There's no BS. Like I loved when she said the word self-care and she's like, you know, we always talk Mm -hmm. about self-care. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, this is our people. I know. She's so good. So I hope that you, uh, my friend, will go check out what she's doing in the world, become more intentional. And speaking of intentional, Tamar. Sign up for our newsletter. Yes. I mean, if, if, you know, 
It's easy. You just go to laughingwithoutliquor.com. That's it. Easy peasy. Scroll to the bottom. Boom. Yep. And you'll be with us every week. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Laughing Without Liquor. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Living in recovery can be a blast, and we are glad you're laughing without the liquor with us. We hope you'll join us again in the next episode. Until then, take care.